Good morning, ladies. I am Pulamons, and this is The Resting Place. You know, um, I just want to welcome those of you who are listening to this podcast for the first time. Uh, welcome. You are family. You are not visiting <laughs> because we are a group of women here who are kingdom advancers, who are disruptors of the kingdom of darkness and as we gather here we are trying to release all the tension all the anxiety all the depression all the limiting thoughts that we have about us so that we show up for the kingdom in a different way when we present ourselves to this world we are able to present ourselves from a position of power because we are not called to be weak we are not called to deal with challenges we are not called to be stressing and worrying about life we are called to be advancers of the kingdom of god and we have been given power we have been given authority to do such and this is where we sharpen up our swords so that when we go out there to make disciples of all nations we show up from a position of power so it is the resting place because our mission is to make disciples of all nations and you know when you're making a disciple it starts from the way you live your life you know you are positive about life you are a ball of energy for those around you you show kindness you try and show peace you, you peace you know you are a peacemaker in the spaces that you find yourself you are that girl who loves the loudest that your love is so contagious to those around you every time people come around you they just love the fact that you love the loudest and they it you know it heals somebody's soul every time you laugh so it's simple things like that noticing that there is something about you that is bringing some sunlight some sunshine into somebody's soul who is heavy burdened and carrying that holding that dearly taking it in so that you realize the power that your laughter has the power that your listening ear has the power that your comforting words has so recognizing what god has given you specifically as an individual and using it in any space that you enter into so next time you go to work it's not all about frustrations and office politics anymore you show up knowing that you are that woman who has an a beautiful smile that just lights up the room and you make sure that you enter that space with that big smile no matter what is going on in your life you say devil back away um demons shift because i am here in a mission i am here in this office to share a bright smile so that somebody's soul might be saved we are called to make disciples of all nations and making disciples doesn't necessarily mean we have to say anything it is about how you just live your life as an individual at times you know uh, christ was talking 
he had this long uh, sermon talking about the Pharisees and and the, the the scribes, how hypocritical they are. He said, you know what? You can trust everything that they tell you because the law of Moses, they know it like the back of their hands. But what I'm worried about is the fact that their footsteps do, are not aligned to what they are talking about. Their fingerprints are not aligned to what they are talking about. How they are showing up to, to in this world, how they are showing up in the different places that we find them is completely different from what they are saying. So sometimes it's not about the things that we say. It's not about singing glory to Jesus all day long in the office. No, sometimes it's just how you carry yourself, the respect that you command, the dignity that you command, what is coming out of your mouth sometimes. You know, language is very important. We might not be talking about the Bible, but how clean is the language that you use when you're with your friends, when you are with your colleagues, where, you know, F words and S words are a norm. How clean is your language as a woman of God, as an advancer of the kingdom and the disruptor of the kingdom of darkness? Before I get carried away, <laughs> today I'm talking on Colossians form and no 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 sorry 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 i want to be on philippians my bible is taking me where i don't want to be right now <laughs> okay so i'm on philippians chapter 4 and i'm on verse 4 just that simple verse uh, but before I go to verse 4, maybe I've just seen something on verse 5 that is aligning to what I've just been saying. How are you showing up to the world? And it says on verse 5, Philippians chapter 4, Let your gentleness be known to all men. <laughs> Let people know that Christ is Lord because you show gentleness. To your colleagues you show gentleness kindness to to your friends to those who get in contact with you they can feel the warmth of your love right that so that's how we get to the resting place because the more you focus on making other people happy the more you focus on being gentle and kind to other people the more you forget your own problems and when you uh, uh, take your mind away, sorry, when you take your mind away from your own problems and you start dealing uh, with uh, being a blessing to other people, then God steps into your, your space and he starts shifting things around in your favor. And that's why we call making disciples of all nations our resting place. So today, my message is on Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Just that little verse, and there are some revelations. I got excited when I saw this because <laughs> it is simple, but not so simple. It is packed. So the um, title of that um, text says, Be United, Joyful, and in Prayer. Verse 4, 
Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Spirit of the living God, I come before you this morning in humility. I come before you in total awe, Lord. May this space be a space that is like the pool of Bethesda. May we all leave everything that we came in with here in this pool, Lord. And may we take away life, boldness, courage, and strength to be disruptors of the devil and his side chicks, the demons. May we be disruptors of the kingdom of darkness. May we take from here strength, boldness, and courage to be advancers of your kingdom, Lord. No weakness in us, Lord. No anxiety in us, Lord. No worries and depression, Lord. No limiting thoughts, Lord. No thoughts of suicide, Lord. Only strength. Only boldness, only courage, fearlessness, and love must shine through in our hearts, Lord. And that's how we need to present ourselves to this world, Lord. May everything that's going to be said in this moment, Lord, not be from my own intelligence, my own revelations, and my own will, Lord. But may it be from your will. May it be words that come inside of me from you, Lord, and make changes inside in the inside of me, Lord, because when the word works in me, then I'm able to deliver it further to those who need it as well. I'm the first one who, need, who needs this word, Lord. May your revelations come directly from you in me and through me to your beautiful children, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So at face value, <laughs> I looked at this verse. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And to me, rejoice means just be happy, you know, just enjoy life. And show the devil that you are excited, have energy, uh, you know, show up in a way that brightens up everybody's day. You know, excitement, energy, motivation. When I read that verse, that was the first um, thought that I had about what that means. But then I came back to reality. And then I asked God. But God, how? I understand I need to be happy. I understand I need to smile. I need to have motivation. I need to be committed. I understand I need to sing your praises all day long. But the reality is, Lord, sometimes I just don't want to smile. The reality is sometimes I just want to crawl up in my bed and stay there the whole day. The reality is, Lord, though I'm not of this earth, 
I am in this earth and everything that goes on in this earth, it is a system and I'm part of the system. I'm connected to everything that goes on on this earth. Things that go on affect who I am. Sometimes they affect even my belief system. When I start seeing people who have no business with Jesus, when I see people who have no business with you, Lord, prospering, it starts affecting my belief system. When I see people who depend on other people for healing, getting healed, while I'm still suffering with the sickness, it affects at times how I show up in this world. When I lose a family member this week and another one next week and another one next month, Lord, at some point I start asking myself, but where are you? When I've got a child who's crazy right now, I don't understand where his head is at, where her head is at. I mean, she is deep in drugs. She is deep in alcohol. He is deep in gangsterism and me and her father are prayer warriors. Lord, those are the kind of things that make me wanna just crawl up in my bed and cry. How then, Lord, how do you call me to rejoice in you always? What happens in those moments when I don't feel like rejoicing, when, when I don't feel like I'm winning? What happens in those, those moments? Do you still expect me to jump around like I'm energetic? Is that being truthful or is that being hypocritical? What is it, Lord? How realistic is it for me? To rejoice always. I know my heart can be at peace. But can I have all that energy every day? Can I have that smile every day? What about those times when I feel like the world is on top of me? How do I rejoice, Lord? You know, as I asked that question, I decided at that point to really understand what Apostle Paul meant when he said rejoice. So the best way I know how to do that is to go to the original meaning of this word rejoice because what I have in mind as a rejoice just doesn't make sense to me. 
Yes, God, if you wanted me to rejoice always, you would have kept me in heaven where I was an angel, where I had no sorrows of this earth. I was rejoicing always. Yes, as an angel, my spirit was rejoicing always. I had no stresses of life. I was not put in a system that is against you. So, so how do you put me? In a system that is designed to be against you all the time. That it's designed to persecute those who believe and have faith in you. And yet expect me to smile, to laugh, to be energetic always. It just doesn't make sense. So I went to the original meaning of the word rejoice and it said a lot of things obviously what we all know the feeling of pleasure and delight in what joy it said but what grabbed my attention was when i started seeing the definition of rejoice being to own to possess to enjoy the possession of ownership. Rejoice means ownership, possession, enjoying, possession. Okay, now it's getting, it's, it's starting to get interesting, Lord. It's starting to get interesting. And I went to what the word own, ownership, own, mean. And it says, properly or exclusively belong to oneself or itself. To exclusively belong to oneself or itself. And it said again, Rejoice means to enjoy. Then I went and checked what does enjoy mean? What is the real meaning, the original meaning of the word enjoy? And it says, having use or benefit of. <laughs> so these two meanings started triggering some interest in me. So rejoice when we go deep in it. It has something to do with exclusivity. It has something to do with ownership. It has something to do with usefulness and benefit. <clears throat> so I started realizing that, you know, <laughs> I've had, or every time I've read this verse, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I've looked at it in terms of just the word rejoice. Because, you know, there is a way of being, of rejoicing rather. <laughs> Lord, help me. Help me say this, how you revealed it to me. Help me say this, how you revealed it to me. You can rejoice 
as a human being. Everybody can rejoice. You don't need to be of Christ. You don't need to be a believer to rejoice. So I recognize the fact that every time Apostle Paul said, rejoice in the Lord, I forgot the part where it said, in the Lord. I focused on me rejoicing. I focused on the benefit of rejoicing for my sake. <laughs> and that told me I need to be happy. That told me I need to experience joy. That told me I need to have pleasure and delight in my life. And that's where it ended. But Apostle Paul called us to rejoice in the Lord. So if rejoice means uh, ownership, if rejoice means um, exclusivity, then what does it mean to have ownership in the Lord? What does it mean to be exclusive in the Lord. The more I studied, the more I started recognizing that actually the Apostle Paul is calling us to a deeper level of rejoicing. The question, or rather the statement, when I started putting it down in the way now, I understand it, would have read, be owned by, be a possession of, be useful and beneficial to God always. <laughs> Allow yourself to be exclusively owned and possessed by God for his soul usefulness and benefit. So if I were to rephrase that statement, rejoice in the Lord always, that's exactly how I would rephrase it. I'm going to repeat it again. It would have said, be owned by be a possession of, be useful and beneficial to God. Stated in a different manner, I would have said, allow yourself to be exclusively owned and possessed by God for his sole usefulness and benefit always. <laughs> so not... Only is it about me being happy, me laughing all the time, me smiling to everybody. Not only is it about me having joy in my soul anymore. Not only is it about me having pleasure and delight in my life anymore. Because that talks to me rejoicing as a human being. But Apostle Paul is saying rejoice but in the Lord. So when I rejoice in the Lord, I take it a step further. 
I still continue to enjoy pleasure and delight in my life. I still enjoy inner joy. But then I take it a notch higher because anybody can experience joy in their lives. Anybody can experience pleasure and delight every day. You don't have to be a believer. But as a believer, then I take it a step further. I say, Lord, I give you ownership, exclusive ownership, full title deed, not sectional title to who I am. Every day, I wake up because of you and because I recognize the fact that the reason why I'm awake right now, it's because of you. Then I give you my all so that you do with it as you please. I declare and decree that today and every day I want to be a useful vessel in the kingdom of God. I want to be beneficial to you, Lord. Because that is the reason why you woke me up. That's how I start rejoicing in the Lord. You are not after my emotions. You are not after my feelings because the devil can mess around with my feelings. The devil can mess around with my emotions. But you are after my intentionality when I wake up. God, I give you my all. I give you full ownership, full title deed exclusivity i give you exclusivity that is how i rejoice in you lord i give you full title deed you know when i started looking into what could apportion this title deed in me? What are those things that can make you have a sectional title to who I am? For me specifically, <laughs> God said to me, unbelief and pride. So I, when I searched what could apportion this title, I found that God doesn't have full ownership of who I am because I still have unbelief and I still have pride. And those are the two things that he highlighted for me. You can sit with God and ask him, Lord, do you have full title deed of who I am? And if not, what is it that's taking up the, the other spaces? What is it that's closing up the other gaps so that you don't have control over that space in my life? For me, it's unbelief and pride. And unbelief showed shows up in my life as procrastination it shows up as laziness it shows up 
as challenges with commitment and discipline. Challenges with focus. My mind cannot constantly be focused on God. My mind cannot constantly be focused on who is in me and who is for me. My mind tends to run away with me and start focusing on my own abilities. My mind starts running away with me and start focusing on my own problems and challenges. Unbelief causes a shift in focus from God to my own things. Unbelief causes procrastination because, Lord, I don't really believe that all these dreams, all this purpose that you say you have given me is really what you have given me will really come to pass in terms of the goals that you've put in my heart because I don't really have belief that those things will show up in my life. I keep postponing. Otherwise, when I know that I'm going out with the ladies this weekend, I mean, it's Wednesday. By now, I'm running around. I'm looking for, 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 for outfits. I'm looking for, for petrol. I'm trying to make sure that I've got everything. My nails are done. My hair is done. I mean, if I know that this weekend I'm going out with the ladies, I mean, I'm running around like a headless chicken right now, trying to sort out myself to make sure that I show up from a position of power, confidence, and elegance when I meet up with the ladies. The fact that I can still postpone when I'm supposed to study, the fact that I can still postpone forgiving other people, the fact that I can still postpone trusting you, it means there is some section of me where unbelief still has its hold. So infiltrate all those spaces, Lord. Clean out my unbelief. Clean out my pride. Root them out so that only you may be cemented exclusively in me. Every aspect of me, Lord, I surrender to you always. <laughs> you know, being beneficial and useful to God is one of those explanations that I found when I started digging deep into what rejoice means. And you know, as I was studying, I felt the Spirit of God saying to me that I'm able to be beneficial no, the word of God can be beneficial to me. But here, Apostle Paul is saying, I need to be beneficial to God and his kingdom. So the question is, in my walk with Christ, am I beneficial to you, Lord? and your kingdom.
Because, you see, there's a difference between the word being beneficial and useful to me and I being beneficial and useful to God and his kingdom. <laughs> this is so good because, you know, every time I've thought about how God uses me, I've thought about me in a position where I'm studying the word, me in a position where I'm fasting and praying, me being in a position where, you know, I'm just happy and praising. But today God is making a distinction. He says, the word can be beneficial to you, Bula. But today I'm saying, I need you to be beneficial to me. So, when the word is beneficial to you, my ladies, is when we now are studying the Bible, when we are attending church services, when we are praying for ourselves, our things, and our loved ones, when we are fasting for our own benefit, for the benefit of our loved ones. That is when the word is being beneficial to me. And I thought I was studying the Bible because I'm a vessel in the kingdom of God. I thought I was praying for my loved ones, my finances and my goals because I'm a vessel. If I was not a vessel, I wouldn't be praying at all. But God is saying, that is all good and well. But that is the word being beneficial to you. That is me, God, being beneficial to you and your life. But I need you also to be beneficial to me always. The reason why I give you my word so that it is beneficial in your life and in the lives of your loved ones. It's because when you experience the benefits that I give you, then you are in a position to be beneficial to me. When I bless you, then you are in a, a, a position of being a blessing to others. So how then, Lord, do we as ladies who love you so much, who want to rejoice you, rejoice in you every day, become beneficial and useful to you? The first thing God says to me is, obey me. <clears throat> what does that mean? Obey God. It means whatever I am studying, May I make sure that I actually do. The time that I spend in the Bible and Jesus is telling me that I need to forgive others. Then when I move away from that space where I study the Bible, then I need to go out there in my family and start throwing a, a, a forgiveness like it's out of fashion. I need to start going within my circle of friends and throwing forgiveness like it's out of fashion. I need to go into my community and start throwing around forgiveness like it's on sale. I need to obey God. Do whatever it is that I'm studying. He's speaking about un unbelief. He's speaking about pride. 
You know, pride. <laughs> you know, pride, right? <laughs> Most of us think pride is, you know, looking down on other people, right? Uh, feeling like, you know what, nobody talks to me in that tone. That's pride. <laughs> but God gave me something very interesting today. He takes, he said, you have pride when you have to think about something before you do it that I tell you. When God says forgive and you still have to think about it, even when you are in the wrong, then that is pride. How is it going to be then when you have to ask for forgiveness and people actually have wronged you? Because he said when they hit you on one side, you better give them the other side. So when somebody steps on your toe, you need to be the first one to be saying, I'm sorry. If you still are thinking about whether to forgive or not, or to ask for forgiveness, even when you are in the wrong, <clears throat> pride is still occupying your space. So God is saying for us to be beneficial to him, we need to firstly obey him. Do whatever it is that we are told in our spirits by God directly or that we study in the word. The second way we need to be obedient to God is by knowing our purpose. Like, how do you become obedient to God when you are a tool, but you do not know why you were created? You are a vessel, but you are not aware of the specific reason why you were created. We know of the community reasons why we are Christians, to be kind, to show love. But what is it that you were given that is, will be beneficial to God's kingdom, that will be beneficial and useful to God, that will advance his kingdom? What is that specific thing to you? Are you a good listener? So when you show up in any space, you recognize the fact that you, you will attract people who have things to offload. And because you have been anointed to listen, you step in a room expecting somebody to offload on you. So you don't get irritated that of the fact that you are attracting people who want to share their problems with you because you recognize it is for this reason that I was created. So sometimes maybe you are blocking God's kingdom because you start getting irritated because of all these people who keep telling you your, their problems as if you don't have problems of your own, but you fail to recognize that that is actually your purpose. <laughs> you were anointed to have a listening ear. You were anointed to bring that smile. You were anointed to give words of encouragement. What is your purpose? If you do not know, then you better get started asking God because that is the highest form of obedience. 
You know, it is easy for us to obey God amongst other Christians, you know, when we know that we are supposed to be kind. And if you're not kind, people will judge you. So you are kind not because you are obedient to God, but you are kind because you recognize that the community of Christians will realize that you are not kind and they will start judging you. So your your act of kindness is motivated by people, not by God. So all these things that are known to all of us as Christians and we obey them, the motivation thereof can be questioned. But you see, when you start knowing what your purpose is, that God reveals to only you that nobody else knows about, then that's where the real test of what is, what are the intentions of your heart really in this obedience thing that you're saying you are doing. Because when you are able to obey God and do as he says, even when it will look like you are crazy to, to the rest of the people, even when people will start judging you, even when people will start having opinions about what you're doing, then that's when we know that truly, indeed, we are obedient to God's will. We are doing everything that you, we are doing because we honor who God is in our lives. When we know our purpose, that is the highest form of obedience. So, what is your purpose? What is your purpose? The second way we can be beneficial and useful and exclusively owned by God is when we repent. <laughs> you see, repentance is beneficial to both ourselves and the kingdom. Because when you repent, then, you know, you are lifted off the sin that you have, have, has been burdening you. But it is also useful to God because immediately when I recognize that, you know, that sin has been taken away out of my life, that mentality, the limiting mentality or mindset has been taken away. Now I've got faith. Now I've got belief. Now I'm showing up with a different attitude, a space of power, a position of power. There is no way my mindset will be transformed. There is no way my life will be transformed and I don't talk about it. <laughs> you know, I've heard people saying, once you come in contact with Jesus, you can never be the same again. So when we repent and we see transformation in our own lives, then we are able to be beneficial to God because now we start going around. Every time somebody says, you know what? I don't believe I can do this. I'm the first one who's going to say, you know what? At some point I thought I couldn't do what I'm doing right now. But let me tell you something. When God is in it, then God, 
God will put resources behind you. When God is in it, then God will give you the wisdom that you need to do whatever it is that you are saying. That's when we are advancing the kingdom, encouraging others to step into their purpose, encouraging others to step into their destiny. Because the more we we step into our destinies, the more we disrupt the kingdom of darkness. The more we disrupt the status quo, when we repent, we become beneficial to God because we'll start talking about what God did in our lives. When we see the transformation that happens in our lives, nobody can tell you otherwise. Nobody can bring it down to coincidence. Nobody can bring it down to luck because you know the journey that you have traveled. And because you saw God delivering you out of a messy situation, a situation that you thought would have killed you, a situation that you thought would have taken everything on the inside of you. And today here you are sitting whole and doing what only God or God's servants can do on this earth. Then nobody can tell you otherwise. You start talking and spreading how good God is. <laughs> How we can be beneficial and useful to God every day. Rejoicing in the Lord every day. Prayer and fasting, that is not only about us. That is not only about our loved ones. But when we start dedicating prayer and fasting for our communities, like, Lord, I don't want to think about my problems right now, Lord. In this moment of fasting and prayer, Lord, I'm going to forget about myself. But I want to focus on my community. I want to focus on our nation. I want to focus on the globe. Because something in, is happening on the global scale. And if I'm to be that vessel, if I'm to be that one person in Sodom and Gomorrah, may I be that person to save this globe. May I be that person in this fasting period, Lord, to save our nation. A fasting and prayer that is dedicated to our leaders, worldly leaders, our presidents, our ministers, our CEOs, our ch chairmen and chair ladies of the boards. Our spiritual leaders, I'm going to dedicate this moment, this prayer, this fasting to our leaders. Because Lord, our leaders need divine intervention. For the worldly leaders, Lord, I need you to touch their hearts so that they can have a little bit, a little bit more mercy and kindness. For our spiritual leaders who are fighting our battles, even when we forget to fight the battles for ourselves, Lord, 
I need you to strengthen them and give them power, Lord, so that they do not get tired doing the good work that they are doing for the kingdom. That is how I can rejoice in the Lord always. <laughs> how useful, how beneficial are you to the kingdom every day? How useful and beneficial am I to God every day? What is it that I'm going to do every day just to serve the kingdom? The last thing that God showed me about how we as women who are yearning for God's presence in our lives, who are yearning for Jesus in our lives, who are yearning to be directed and led by the Holy Spirit. He says, you can be beneficial by the way you live your everyday life. You know, we've been talking about super spiritual things, you know, obedience, you know, prayer, repentance, all sorts of good things. But then there is us in the system called the world. My daily approach, how kind are we? <laughs> are we lovable people? Do people like us in the spaces that we are in? As Christian women, do people like you? Do people like me? Are people drawn to us because we are just a breath of fresh air? They recognize that there is something about us, although they don't know exactly what it is, but they know that every time they are in your space, they walk around with a little bit more energy. They walk away rather with a little bit more energy. They walk away from you with a little bit more love in their heart. They walk away with a little bit more kindness and consideration. There is just something about this woman in my office. I don't know what it is, but I'm just so drawn to her. How, how excellent are our morals? Because Jesus said we must have moral, excellent morals. How excellent are our morals in our everyday living? Are we those kind of women who fold the clothes in the retail store because I now recognize that it is not my size. Then I fold it nicely the way I found it and put it back. Or do I just throw it there and say somebody else has been hired to do this so they'll come pick up after me? <laughs> what kind of a woman am I in my everyday life? Am I the kind of woman who will put back a grocery item that I'm not buying anymore where I found it? Or am I just going to leave it there on another shelf because somebody is hired to deal with these kind of things? What kind of a woman am I in my everyday living? Am I that kind of woman who throws away lit or who throws away garbage out of the 
the window of my car because I'm trying to, in inverted commas, create jobs. The municipality, you know, offers jobs to people to pick up litter. So I'm going to be helpful to those people who need jobs. I'm going to just litter. Throw away paper wherever I want to throw it away. Throw away bottles wherever I want to throw them away. How beneficial am I to the kingdom? What does my lifestyle say about the kingdom? Do people want to know more about why I do the things that I do? Or do people really recognize that you are doing what they are doing. So whatever it is that you're doing is normal. So there's no point of anybody questioning it. How excellent are our morals? Our language. How many F's and S's are found in a sentence that comes out of my own mouth? When I'm with my friends and when I'm with my colleagues where such language is acceptable as a woman of God. Moral excellence. Is my language beneficial to the kingdom? Do my friends know that, you know what, of all of us, this is the one person who's got clean language or are we all the same? Are you separated in the way you behave in your everyday life? Or... <clears throat> Are you the one vessel who was supposed to be on this earth, but not of this earth, but you finding yourself now being entangled with who the earth says you are? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, rejoice. <laughs> yourself to be exclusively owned and possessed by God for his sole usefulness and benefit. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Thank you so much, ladies, for your time. I hope this message has opened up a space in you the way it has opened up in me. This message is calling us to a different level of awareness. Lord, I thank you for your revelations all the time. In Jesus' name, seal this word. May it remain in our hearts. May it be life to our soul. Thank you.